0: Welcome to Moms for Mental Health. It is March of 2021 and today we are sitting with Terry, who's going to speak some life and encouragement into um, the place and space that is personal and familial journeys with mental health. Um, it's an honor to be able to introduce Terry today. She's been a personal gift to my life for the last seven years. She's a teacher, a wife, a mama of two. Um, an encourager and someone who herself has walked through uh, mental illness postpartum anxiety and I'm really excited to hear her words of wisdom today on the Samaritan woman Terry I'm going to turn it over to you and just to uh, let you pour into us today thank you for being here thank you All right, so we are going to talk today about the Samaritan woman that that Jesus meets at the well, and I'm going to read that today from um, John chapter 4, verses 5 through, probably go to 30, verses 5 through 30 of John chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading from the um, New King James Version, so if you want to follow along, you can, but I'll read it out loud. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. When the woman of Samaria said to him, How is that that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give, he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you truly spoke. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. Our salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth the woman said to him i know that messiah is coming who is called christ when he comes he will tell us all things and jesus said to her i who speak to you am he And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, would you seek her? Why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And then they went out the city and came to him. So. Um, there's so much that goes on in this. And as I started to really unpack it and research it, um, you know, God revealed even more things to me But I've always kind of been drawn to this scripture. And I think there was a time in my life where I probably read it and thought that he was condemning her when he pointed out who she really was, that she, this woman who would have five husbands and now she's with a man that's not even her husband. And, Um, but I don't think that was it at all. And as I I read it and reread it um, in preparation, so much that that popped out. And the first thing I see is that she goes there to the well and she's just doing this ordinary task. She's just doing something she would do all the time. She's going to the well. She's not expecting anything. She's just going about her day to day. And that's when Jesus chooses to meet with her. It doesn't, you know, it's not this big Elaborate event. She's not away at a treat, a retreat with her church friends. Like she's not going there expecting that she's doing her life and she's going to the well and he comes and speaks with her. And when he does, he breaks all the rules. He just lays aside this, this, you know, rule in this history that the, the Samaritans and Jews wouldn't have interacted like this. And he just starts talking to her and not just that they're Samaritan Jews, but she's a woman. And so he just starts speaking with her. And, um, you know, he came, he came there for a purpose in the midst of her ordinary everyday life. He came to give her water and give her living water, he came to give him, give her himself. Um, But before he does that, he, he exposes her, he exposes the truth that probably she doesn't go around sharing with everyone, that she's had five husbands and that the man she's living with now isn't her husband, because that would have been. Um, very shameful in that day and she would be carrying a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of regret around with her. A lot of baggage came with her to the well that day and he needed to reach her. And so he first had to expose that about her. And I, I have to wonder what all she was carrying as she came that day because, um, these, these six different relationships that she's had, and how often was she mistreated or abused or taken advantage of? Um, how often was she stripped of dignity and um, her worth? Was she degraded and dehumanized? Um, how much shame did she carry that day? I just I have this feeling that she just came with a heavy heart and she just wanted to not be seen. Let me just let me just go what do what I have to do, let me just go to this well. And get the water that I need and go back, back to my home where no one can see me. I just want to be covered. I just want to, I want to do my thing. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to be seen there. Um, and I, I just wonder if that's why he picked her. Like, that's why he chose her, um, why he chose to see her because she, maybe she didn't want to be seen. Maybe everything she was carrying was too much and she didn't want anybody else to see it. And. This conversation, as I researched, um, realized that this is the longest conversation from, from what I read, this is the longest conversation, one-on-one conversation with Jesus in the Bible. So this is, this conversation is a great honor. Um, and it's definitely the longest conversation with a woman in the Bible. Like this just didn't happen. Jesus didn't have these big, long, drawn out, recorded one-on-one conversations. He probably did with his disciples, but to be recorded in God's word, this is important what we're reading today is really important and so um i think it's really awesome that we get to dig in and see why it's so important what did he why did he choose her and and why did he want us to know this so why did he invest in this conversation and why did the the gospels choose to record it that way um and i i just have to to wonder if it's because he knew she would carry the message out you know she would run out and say I met a man that told me everything I ever did and that people would see how, how raw and real that was because she didn't want people to know everything she ever did. And yet she's proclaiming, I just met a man who told me everything I ever did. Um, And because beneath her shame and her scars and the weight that she carried and the labels the world had put on her, he saw her crown. He saw her, he saw his princess, his bride, um, his beautiful creation, you know, and he saw his daughter and just, so this King of glory comes and he chooses her, this unlikely character to reveal himself to her. And so as we read this passage before he exposes her and says, yes, you've spoken. Well, you've, you've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband before he does that, he actually exposes himself. He says, um, who he is. He says that he has come to give living water. And he says, um, that, that he's not just a man. And later after he points that out, he says, well, I am he, after he points out and it exposes her. So there's this process of He says he came to give her living water and she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then he exposes or he reveals into the light and into the truth, everything about her, but not to condemn her, but to give her grace and to give her love and to love the deepest and rawest and ugliest parts of her. He came to to love on her and then he reveals who he truly is and says, I who speak to you am he. Um, after her heart has been open and broken and, and he sees who she truly is. Um, And so I just think, you know, we, we can think about, what the world have, would have said about this woman and, and the, the kind of labels they would have used just right. You know how the world would have talked about a woman like this. Like she's been like five men and you know, the man she's living with, you know, you get, you hear all the chatty Cathy's and the Karen's out there <laughs> casting, casting the blame upon her. Um, but that's not what Jesus does. That's not the labels he gives and that's not what he calls her. Um, and I just have to imagine this moment like i as I was reading this, I just had this this visual of her standing there and like her hair just just covering down in front of her face, you know, just kind of hiding who she is um in the masks that she's probably tried to wear through the years to to put on you know a a well a appearance you know the appearance the world with would, would like and approve of and And now she's tried to just strive and push through and just imagine her face being turned downward, like just focus, just get my water and go. And when he says, I who speak to you and he in verse 26, I just have to think perhaps like she looked up in that moment and her hair moved back and her eyes just locked with his and she just realized you are him. You are him. And that in that moment as they their eyes met, he saw everything in her and loved her all the same. And she saw everything in him and was just in awe. You know, I have to go tell everyone, because cause I something just happened. Something just happened in this moment where I least expected it here at the well. Uh, I just imagine those eyes that just pierce her soul. Um Sees through the mask she's tried to wear. It sees through all that she's gone through. The ones filled with grace that she's never known before. Those men that have been in her life previously, they never looked at her with eyes like that. They never saw all that she could be and all who she really and truly was and is. But for the first time in her life, being basically naked, Spiritually and emotionally, being vulnerable and being exposed is the best thing that could happen to her. The best feeling because everything just, I just imagine everything drops away in that moment. Everything she's, she's carried and the shame and she just drops it all there at the well so she can run and tell everyone about this Messiah that she just met. We can't run if we're carrying bags of shame and bags of guilt and bags of regret. Um, But he exposed her so she could drop it all and leave it there and run, run to tell others about him. It was a good thing. He saw it all. And what he wanted, he now has, which was her heart is what he wanted. And so now she's seen, um, every part of her is seen, but every part of her is loved in a way that she never could have imagined before. I just love that. Um, I just love what the scriptures hold when we we truly dig in and and look for what God has for us there. Um, I know today that many of you might be coming to the well, um, just like you do every day, just to get enough just to get a little, just to get in and get out and do what you do all the time and go through your routine. But don't miss the one sitting there who wants to give you more, who wants to give you all of his grace and all of his love. And he wants your heart in return. Don't miss the living water that never runs dry so that you won't thirst again. Lock eyes with the one who sees your wounds. He sees the labels this world has tried to give you. The ones that echo in your mind. He sees your shame. He sees your hurt. The man who told you everything you ever did. Sit with him. Sit with him at the well. Take a long, long while. Mm. Sit with him and be seen, friends. Be seen and be loved. Be loved in full. We're just going to pause for a moment now and just process some of that. Um, some of the labels that come to mind when you think about that. Some of the the shame or the regret or the hurt That you've carried to your well today. um, where you'd like to just hurry and leave. And get your water and get out. But friends stay. Stay and dwell in it for just a moment. And let him give you more. Let him give you that water. That never runs dry. Let him give you that living water. Let him see every part of you. And love you all the same. going to sit for a moment and just process through some of that, and then we're going to do a little bit of um, reflection and response.